Let's go. Let's go. Oh, no. Do you want to? Sorry. I'll let you. I'll let you. Next one. I'm excited and I feel relaxed and I'm ready to party. Don't say sorry. You don't need to do that. You don't need to apologize. It's a fucked up female habit. You don't need to be sorry for anything ever. Can you guess what every woman's worst nightmare is? I don't have rage issues! I have nothing to prove to you. When I'm good, I'm very good. But when I'm bad, I'm better. I say when it comes to stardom and Lauren, there are no accidents. Hi, Karen Peterson. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Citizen Dame, the podcast where we like we like Santa Claus, apparently, and we like um, we like movies, and we're going to talk about Santa Claus movies, and I'm really excited. We also have a, a special guest, which I am very excited about. I have not met this person, but she's already very cool. Uh, and so, Karen, I want you to introduce our guest. Well, uh, first of all, hi, everybody. Um, our guest today is Shannon McGrew, and I'm so excited to have to have her on with us. Um, I met Shannon here in L.A. through various um, unnamed critical opportunities. And um, and uh, she got a little bit notorious last year in The Hollywood Reporter, but for very <laughs> good things, for very good reasons. Um, but uh, that experience actually kind of brought us like Mayo's friends. We barely knew each other before this happened, yep. even though some people think we were co-conspirators, which is weird. Absolutely. Um, yeah. But now we're friends. So, and Shannon, why don't you uh, let folks know what you do, where you're right, all that good stuff. Sure. Hi, thank you both so much for having me today. I love talking about Santa Claus. Um, <laughs> I was the, well, I used to own a site called Nightmarish Conjuring. It was a horror entertainment site. Um, we did reviews of everything from movies, we did the events, interviews, etc. Um, but now I am the head writer and lead critic for Creepy Kingdom, which was kind of our uh, sister site. So just taking a break from owning a site and just writing at a site. And it's it's been really nice, uh, still causing controversy here and there by being outspoken. But <laughs> just chilling and uh yeah, just I love talking about horror movies and such. So awesome. Well, we're so glad you're here. Thank you. Yes. Welcome, welcome. I'm very excited to to be talking about this. And we kind of went back and forth about all the different films that we could possibly do because the whole idea was just holiday horror. And I think that I think we settled on some pretty good ones. We managed to settle on some monstrous Santa Claus films. Uh <laughs> which I'm very excited about, particularly because, Shannon, I think you suggested the first film that we're going to talk about, um, which is Rare Exports from 2010. Yes. And that is one of my absolute favorite Christmas horror films. Like, as soon as that was suggested, I was like, yes, yes, this is what I want to do. Um, but before we get going on that, um, I think that it, Christmas horror is a really interesting issue because it's incredibly popular. And it's one of those things that we... You, you kind of get used to in if you're a horror fan you know that there are plenty of christmas horror films you can most horror fans will be able to name multiple ones you'll at least be able to say stuff like black christmas and silent night deadly night and things like that um but it seems so incongruous because christmas especially now is all about this brightness and light and joy and everything and then you've got these really often very very dark uh horror films right that is some of the films we're talking about today are actually significantly lighter than some other uh, Christmas horror films that 
that have come out recently. And um, but I've I've often uh, discussed the fact that Christmas and horror and ghost stories in particular are really related to one another because the Victorians were very into ghost stories at Christmas. That's the origin of a Christmas Carol. Yep. Um, that's you know kind of where so much of this fascination with the darkness at Christmas. So it is very much about that contrast. So before we get going on like these specific films, I just wanted to ask if either of you had thoughts on that or um, wanted to talk a little bit about why Christmas horror is so popular and continues to be so popular. So Shannon, why don't we start with you if you had any thoughts? I, um, I think that, I mean, I love the dichotomy between what Christmas is made for people to think it is and then the horror of horror bringing into that i think when you break it down not everybody celebrates the joy of christmas not everybody has those chances to find the holiday magic that christmas you know is supposed to be about um and i think too like it can be a dark time i think people tend to forget that christmas is a time where mental health is like really, really high. Um, suicide rates are really, really high. And I think with Christmas horror films, you kind of get that opportunity to feel something other than what media is trying to force down your throat in terms of like what Christmas is. And I think that there's a comfort in that to be reminded that like, it's not always, you know, uh, sparkly and beautiful and filled with gifts like that's just a mirage that's put up and here's kind of you know for some the reality granted you know we don't have like a Krampus like running through our house during this time or an evil Santa or whatnot but I think there's a big conversation between how Christmas is presented and then the reality of what a lot of people are going through and I think there's solace in watching these darker movies to be a remembrance of like not everything is as like it's okay if you aren't about all of that joy and magic and whatnot if all that makes sense I kind of just go on tangent so. no, I, I think <laughs> I think you're definitely right yeah I, I that that makes that ma that makes great sense I think Karen you've talked about that before as well yeah yeah and well and also there's just this like false sense of security sometimes that happens around the holidays you know it's it's joyful and we're talking we're seeing people that we haven't seen in a long time and and you know like in the case of you mentioned black christmas in a case like that where it's you know it's christmas time and people are getting ready to go home and they're looking forward to the end of a semester or you have uh, you know other movies where it's it's like there's you know gremlins it's like they're getting ready for for you know the holiday and people are delivering trees and baking cookies and so it's like you just kind of forget that violence doesn't just stop just because it's december 1st you know and it doesn't restart on january 1st you don't get a break from it and and so i think that that's part of what makes these movies um so like such a draw but also makes them so effective is that it really tie it really does remind us that like and like these things can happen anytime and um christmas is you know for a lot of people just another day i look at it's interesting oh, by the way i'm very transparent and open about my life so like for me looking at christmas like we haven't even put our tree up 
yet or anything, you know, my, uh, my dad had passed away when I was growing up. My family lives in New England. So like, we don't, I don't have like a family during Christmas, so to speak. So for me, it's like what we do to celebrate my partner and I, we just watch Christmas horror films or like the classic Christmas films. And there is a solace to it because you're seeing other people struggling and it's a reminder that like, oh yeah, you're, you're not alone either. Even with like, you know, we're saying Krampus, like the little kid, you know, he wants everything to be okay. And you can kind of, um, you can kind of feel that in your own heart because you're like, he just wants his family together. He just wants everything to be better and not so upsetting. And like, that's something that I can relate to, you know, like wanting to have that picture perfect Christmas or whatever could be any holiday and just not being able to have that and just wishing that it could happen. Christmas really does have that kind of aggressiveness in terms like more so than any other, more so than Thanksgiving, definitely more so than Halloween. Christmas is like this aggressive. You have to be happy. And it and puts so lot, much pressure on people. So much yeah, pressure. Yeah, and, and it's like you, so you've got all these traditions that, that are within Christmas as well, like, you know, putting up the tree and like every family has their own thing, but like putting up the tree, putting up the stockings, all of those all of those elements. And there is like, it's stressful, first of all. It is. I come from, I come from a very small family. It's myself and my parents um, as our immediate family. But even then it's just like, oh, we have to bake the right cookies and we have to make the right things. We've got to get dinner done and we got to do this, we got to do that. And it is, it can be stressful. And it's even more stressful if you're like not particularly happy for whatever reason or other things are going on because there is this sensation that you have to be happy because it's Christmas time. And that's kind of this cultural element that surrounds it. So then, yeah, I think you're both absolutely right. When you kind of put horror onto that, you're like, okay, we're going to express some of the darkness that is there as well. Um, and that is very much a part of the holiday and is very much a part of the the Christmas tradition too. So it's okay. It's not like saying there is no joy, uh, but it's also saying like, maybe there's not just joy, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think people should also realize too, like even those of us like myself who watch horror, like nonstop, um, there's a part of us that's like, as much as we don't want to admit it, we're like, we want a little bit of the Christmas magic too. Like we want to feel like, like, yeah, we have all this trauma of whatever's gone on in our life, whether it's loss of parents, friends, uh, you know, whatever the case may be. But I think deep down, all of us want to experience that little holiday magic, even if it's like in a corner somewhere, in a little tight bow. <laughs> I think no matter how much we may enjoy or appreciate the darker side of Christmas, I think all of us somewhere deep down want to experience a little bit of magic which is why some of the movies that we'll be talking about i think are are really great examples of that yes all of these movies have to do with christmas magic in one way or another (laughs) um and and very much about childhood and about the perceptions that children have of the world and how they react to it and and for so much for so many of us that's our experience of christmas too christmas is very important to children um, and, and so you've got all of these things that are being filtered through these kids. So let's, let's talk about the films. Uh, so the first one we want to talk about is Rare Exports, A Christmas Tale from, is a 2010 Finnish, I love the way that it's described, fantasy action horror comedy. <laughs> and it is indeed all it of is. those things. Yes. 
Um, and and essentially it is about, uh, it primarily focuses on a boy and his father living in Lapland and uh, the local research team has unearthed Santa Claus, uh, has awakened Santa Claus from his centuries long slumber. Where he was <laughs> trapped in ice on purpose. On That's purpose, like the thing. Yes. <laughs> And and it's it's a really interesting film because I'd forgotten that so much of it doesn't like we don't get to actually figure out what's you know going on for quite a long time. There's a lot of setup. It spends a lot of time developing the relationship between the boy and his father, and then also between the other men who are there. It's primarily men, right? It's men and boys. There are no women. It's I was going to say there's. I didn't even realize that until this exact moment that there are no women in that film. There's yeah, a the, reference to one guy's wife, and that is it. There's reference one guy's wife, and there's also the the mother of, and I'm gonna massacre massacre his name, and I'm sorry to my Finnish friends. Um, at, uh, Pietari, yeah, Pietari. Um, the, it's it's referenced that you know his mother has died at some point, and so his father is kind of trying to keep some of these traditions alive, but isn't doing a great job at it. Um, making the gingerbread, you know, making the ham, doing all of those things that you do. Um, but it's not it's not working and they're they're struggling and i i also i like the fact that this is because it's set in lapland and as my finnish friend has informed me numerous times that's where santa claus comes from um that's where santa claus lives in lapland she's very adamant about that not gonna question it okay (laughs) all right good to know um but it also like all centers around this rounding up of reindeer. So you've got this sort of inversion happening of a lot of the things that we know as um, kind of Christmas traditions of just like, you do not round up reindeer and kill them. Why would you do that? That's horrible, but this is how these people live. Right. Um, and so it, it does kind of introduce this kind of this, they say inversion of, of what we think of when we think of Christmas and what we think of when we think of Santa Claus and reindeer and all of those things. Um, so, so yeah, they unearth this, this research team unearths Santa Claus deliberately, uh, being led by this, this one man who uh, apparently just wants to bring Santa Claus back. <laughs> Liberate Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> and, and this winds up, you know, releasing a whole bunch of, of elves, uh, one of whom falls into a wolf trap and is captured by the family. And, and then it just kind of spirals outward from that. So just generally what are our thoughts on this film it is such a wild movie in some ways like I said, it's very slow burn in a lot of ways but when it hits it hits hard mm-hmm. one of the things that i really like about actually all three of the movies that we're going to talk about today but um but really is is the driving force of this one is that it centers around a child who who really does believe in the magic of Christmas, even which is is remarkable, even though he's had a, you know, he's had a rough go of things. His mom has died and, um, you know, like things are just hard and, um, you know, and, and, but it's a child who very much like he's still so excited for Christmas and he's got his advent calendar until things start to go wrong. And then he's like, nope, stable that shut. I do not want Christmas to come. <laughs> um, <laughs> which I think is just such a fun fun detail but um but i i think rare exports is just it's it's such a wild movie but it's such a fun one because it does tap into you know some of the more the the uh more unknown or lesser known myths around the origins Mm -hmm. of santa claus 
which but also like combining that with what we know and understand of santa as well and and kind of um mixing it all up in a weird way and then um i don't know i just i i think it's 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 such an interesting one it's it's um just kind of looking at the three that we have here one of the reasons i love rare exports so much is because of how like and it's gonna sound ridiculous but how like dirty it is in terms of its presentation so typically with holiday films we're seeing you know the glitzy lights we're seeing the beautiful snow and the you know the finely wrapped gifts even in violent night we see that when we get there you know it's all rich people you know and with rare exports everybody's like fucking dirty the elves are fucking dirty they're all naked dick swinging everywhere like it is just so anti what people would think (laughs) of christmas if i found a horde of dick swinging elves like game over they could i'll leave you guys to do your thing will not question anything that's happening right now will literally walk away and i think what makes rare exports so special is because it's unapologetic in that way i'm a big person where like for example westerns if you're gonna have a western people's teeth should be fucked up like dirty like you want them to feel like they're lived in this experience and with rare exports it feels like they're lived like this is a lived thing like oh yeah, of course Santa's here. I'm not even going to question that. Of course. Oh, he's in like some ice thing? Of course. Like, sure. Like, it feels like this would happen. And the men, though I wonder what it would have been like if it was all women, (laughs) the men, (laughs) I also find interesting because I typically see holiday movies when it's like either families mothers and daughters even mothers and fathers i mean i'm mothers and fathers i haven't even smoked weed today mothers (laughs) and daughters fathers and daughters but i think it's interesting when you have a father and their son and it's primarily focused on that and we see that in krampus too where the son is like the main but this is literally like a relationship between the father and the son trying to celebrate a holiday that's supposed to be you know family focus without a mom in the area that Santa is supposed to be, you know, a resident of. And I just think it's very well done. There's, there is even a little bit of Christmas magic in there. Um, But I think what sets it apart is they're like, we're here in Finland. Shit's wild. We kill pigs and shit. Like this is who we are and we're not going to make it all stylized for the holidays. I do think we need to put horde of yeah, dick I, swinging elves on a button and put that in our Zazzle store. <laughs> I that's that's yeah, sorry, that's a I really just good I rewatched it for the first time like a few days back like to get ready and I was like I don't remember all these how did I forget about all these naked elves? <laughs> like you would have thought that would have like stuck in yeah. my head but it like I was just like oh yeah okay <laughs> this is just i had forgotten I to actually it's funny <laughs> the oh yes, yeah. and there is like a horde of them yeah. at one point where they're just like running across the landscape 
um, and everything. No, I think they make a really good point that it is a very gritty and dirty film in a lot of ways that, yeah, the, the father is a butcher. And one of the things I really liked that I'd forgotten about is that there's, there's a scene where like the boy goes out to try to talk to his father and his father's like, you know, close your eye, come in, but close your eyes. And so there is this desire that the father has to protect his son, who's very small, right. From seeing some of the violence and some of the things that, that he has to do as a part of their lives. Um, and and then and but then you've got this like whole idea of Santa Claus and it very much brings forward what I think um, particularly that Krampus does as well, which is this the unforgivingness of some of the myths behind Santa Claus, because it's just like if you're naughty. Shit's going to go down. And part of uh, one of the things that. Um, uh, that Pitari gets upset about and it's just like I, I'm the cause of all of this is because he was bad. He cut a hole, him and his friend cut a hole in the fence and they caused the death of the reindeer, right? And so, and they didn't admit it. They didn't say, I'm, you know, I, I admitted and got punished for it. They were like, oh no, we're not going to tell anybody about this. And so he very much blames himself, just like Santa is coming for me. He's going to kill us all because of me. And it, it's it's a really interesting thing because that is part of Christmas as well. That's part of the stories that surround um, Santa Claus and Krampus and all of the other narratives where it's not just about like you're going to get coal in your stocking, but, you know, Santa's going to come and beat you with willow branches or stuff you in his sack and carry you off. Right. Krampus is going to come and punish you literally for uh, the crimes that you have committed as this child. And so it really does in a very humorous way, I Absolutely. think, develop that a lot. Uh, so let's see what else we want to say about rare exports. It's, um, for, for such a, a dark oh, film yeah. in some ways, it is very funny. It's very droll. Uh, it's very Scandinavian. It's very like, you know, Scandinavian. Very dry. <laughs> uh, I'm a big fan of dry yeah. humor, so. And, and, and I like nearing the end when they like make a plan. They're just like, we're going to we're going to get Santa Claus. We're going to get rid of all of these elves. We're going to round them up, et cetera. And then Charlie's just like, I'm the one who has to do this, you know? And he really does become this little action star. Like he's fantastic um, because he also still, he blames himself. He's like, it's my fault that all of this has happened. So I'm going to be the one to, to go out and I'm going to finish <laughs> off Santa Claus. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a good movie. So any other... It's a fantastic film. Uh, and and it does have that element of Christmas magic because it doesn't end with right. like, okay, we're going to destroy Santa Claus. Like, all right, we're going to export Santa because everybody needs Santa. Uh, but we're going to make something much nicer and better out of uh, out of this horror <laughs> that has arisen out of yeah, the I land hope, and well, Lapland. Oh, go ahead. No, 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 please. No, I was going to say, I hope more people check this out because it is one that deserves attention just as much as a lot of the other classics that we see you know black christmas and, and mm -hmm. all those yeah I, one mm -hmm. of the things that i find interesting about rare exports is how um you constantly have this threat like when we know that what you know once pietari reads all these books and sees all these images of how terrifying this this creature that is santa really is and when they're the elves are trying to defrost him with all the the heaters and the hair dryers that they've stolen from town <laughs> and you can see like the horns sticking out of the ice and everything but 
we never actually like the threat is never yeah. Santa. It's it's like there's so many other things and it's kind of like them causing like the their own problems and then also dealing with the elves and stuff, but we never actually get the threat of mm-hmm. Santa, but yet we don't feel shortchanged by the end because of that either. It doesn't feel like we didn't get a payoff. Yeah, I think oh. look at how massive yes. Santa is. He's huge. If that's a demon, <laughs> yes. they are fucked. Like, yeah. come on. Sorry, yeah, go, I was go just on. Gonna I, say, I love <laughs> a good like I can picture it in my head with the horns coming out of the giant ice block. And I fully agree. It's like we've seen enough. We know that whatever is in there, if it ever breaks loose, shit's gonna go south like real fucking fast. So well, and- yeah, and, and the elves them, themselves yeah. are like smaller versions of Santa. For a right. while, they think they've captured Santa, right? Um, and the elves are so sinister to begin with. Like, that guy is very sinister and frightening. And he doesn't do a lot, but when he does something, it's quite scary. So I, I do think that there there is... It's a film that does a very good job at showing what... Like you say, Karen, showing what the threat is without actually directly depicting the threat. Um, and in some ways it would almost be disappointing, I think, because there's no way that 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 like Santa could be as terrifying as what we imagine Santa it's just might giving be. Those antlers <laughs> and the people that have imagination, like you can just put two and two together and to not show it is great because I'm sure mm-hmm. they would want to do stuff practically. And I'm sure doing a practical Santa Claus of that scope would not be easy. So being able to hide it and giving the audience a chance to come up with whatever they want is, I think that's, mm-hmm. if you can execute it properly, it's genius. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So yes, uh, Rare Exports is available on various streaming services. I think it's on Tubi. Peacock. I know it's on Amazon. Yeah, I watched it on um, Peacock. Peacock. Uh, and and it, it really is worth it. It is so much fun. I feel like this is a film that yeah. has gotten better known over the past couple of years, because like it seems to have kind of gotten a lot of word of mouth going, at least in, in English language speaking countries, um, as sort of this this seminal. Yeah, it's definitely got more attention within the last uh, few years. I've seen a bit of a yeah, yeah. I've seen it on more lists. Uh, so let's move on to another. Kind of, evil Santa Claus, but sort of the opposite side of Santa Claus, right? He's not anti Santa, yeah um with Krampus from 2015 and I feel like this this was sort of the point where people began to get more into like in terms of mainstream films people began to get more into this whole concept of the evil Santa um and so so Krampus is directed by Michael Doherty it stars Adam Scott Tony Collette Mm -hmm. David Kutcher it's a fantastic cast Jesus um and is about a family during the holidays who are very dysfunctional uh not in a particularly insane way but um definitely not like happy with each other or happy uh happy having christmas or anything like that and uh max played by who's max played by um mj anthony uh wishes writes a letter to santa wishing for all of these things for his family that every that things would go back to normal that things would be better for his family and this winds up getting stolen by one of his cousins, read out at the dinner table, 
um, and just horrifies him to the degree that he tears up the letter, he throws it out the window. And this action apparently summons Krampus, who's the anti-Santa, um, and transforms uh, the next day into this absolute shitstorm of horror, which gets progressively funnier also, which I really love about this movie because it is very comedic. And the entire, like, there's so many sequences. I'm just like, oh, it's the gingerbread men. Yes, I love the gingerbread men. Um, but it's it's also, again, it's very much about that, like, children's wishes and those elements of Christmas magic that can turn very dark. And it, it is a very much a film about um, kind of be careful what you wish for. And, and also uh, the fact that when you ask for someone to be punished like that, you might actually get the thing that you want. And uh, and that's kind of what happens throughout Krampus. It's a very mean movie. I did not remember how mean it is. I mean, the sister gets attacked almost immediately. And I, I remember seeing it for the first time, just being like, but <laughs> she's okay though, right? Like she's got to come back. She's like, no, Krampus just like fucked her up. I don't wish she's gone. Like these kids are being murdered one by one, basically. Um, so yeah, so what are our thoughts on Krampus? Where would you guys like to start? Oh boy. <laughs> Shannon, why don't we start? Well, with you? I don't do you know if you movie? can see behind <laughs> me. Um, I think it's important to first let you guys know that the director did this movie called Trick or Treat. And I have a giant collection behind me <laughs> of Trick or Treat that extends mm -hmm. around the room uh, and into storage containers. So in regards to Krampus, <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts because I also have a, a collection of Krampus uh, merchandise because of my love uh, for the director's work. So yeah, I'm a big Krampus fan. I love this movie. Obviously, it's a homage to National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I mean, the beats are there from, I mean, everyone can see it from when the family comes, like, you know, the... Uh, Tony Collette's sister arrives, and the, her husband, and that whole hot mess. Um, but yeah, the thing with Michael's movies in both Trick or Treat and Krampus is that they're both very mean, but you don't realize it until like you're a good way in. Like you look at these characters, whether it's Sam from Trick or Treat, or even like the gingerbread. I have. Um, I have a stuffed animal of teddy bear that attacks people in Krampus. Um, you know, all of, I have a gingerbread man with a killer, uh, what is it? The candy cane. And they're all like, they're super cute. They're all, I love Sam from Trick or Treat. He's super cute. I have a whole, you know, thing of, of dolls. I, I think all the, the characters from Krampus are cute, but they're all fucking psychopaths. Like, that one thing that is terrifying like is it a jack-in-the-box that like just like oh yeah 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 very lovecraftian like, are scary as shit and i yeah. Oh, yeah exactly you have like <laughs> even the like ominous snowmen outside that like just get closer like mm -hmm. and the kids like uh hey guys there's like these weird ass snowmen outside but whatever they're like the I weeping think, angels from Doctor Who. <laughs> yes. And so I think it's like, it's one of those films where when you watch it just on the surface, you're like, oh, this is kind of like, this is fun. And like, fun. it has Adam Scott, Tony Collette. Like, you know, it has a pretty A plus 
cast. So when you actually think about it, it's like, oh yeah, kids are being eaten. Yeah. Like real shit's <laughs> happening. Like the moral of the, I mean, even towards the end when he's up against Krampus itself, like like that's a moment. Like it's you're seeing this as like, wow, this is far more sinister than, you know, little gingerbread men trying to stab people for trying to eat them, you know, especially like I said, I I love endings that are ambiguous and they leave it to the audience to kind of figure out. I love how the ending was done in this one. I think everyone has different opinions, you know, on what occurred. I just think this is such, I think this is a classic Christmas film. I think if you're going to have films like Christmas Vacation and those things, this is like the antithesis of that. Uh, and he just does a great job. He does a great job of making it uh, accessible for people to see it and laugh with it and, you know, shriek in terror. But then there's a lot of us who see it for what it's really trying to say deep down. It's scary. Mm-hmm. Sorry, yeah. I could go on and on about mm-hmm. this movie. So you could have like five pa- podcasts about this. <laughs> I'm for it. I'm for it. (laughs) One of the things that I really like about it is it is mean. And this family, like they're really mean to each other. Um, You know, the, the cousins are so horrible and you've got this, this aunt who's just like, just says whatever shit she wants to say to everybody. And she's not nice about it. And like, you know, and then there's just so much bickering and fighting between the married couples too. And, and there's so much of that going on, but by the end of it, there's also this sympathetic tone because you understand that all of them have been going through shit. And of course they're mean and they're grumpy and they're upset and they're nasty to each other because they're all in so much pain. And I feel like there's a sympathetic, um, you know, direction that this movie takes, not just because they all get to be rescued or, or some version of that, depending on your interpretation of the ending. But, um, you know, they all kind of do have that moment at the end where they're sitting around together and they, they like kind of have a memory of something that happened, whether they remember all the details or just the feelings of it or what is, is not to me, not totally clear, but um, but you get that sense that like they all know that they've been through something together and and it's kind of given them the opportunity to lay their own troubles aside and like be together and celebrate Christmas together as a family that actually does care about each other. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, and that and that develops over the course of the film as well. We see the so the the father and brother and brother-in-law beginning to understand each other it's like okay i get where you're coming from i don't like you necessarily but i get where you're coming from and you kind of get where i'm coming from um you see kind of the the way that the sisters lives have diverged and how one of them is you know feels very inadequate compared with her sister um and and then the other one is very like desperate to sort of preserve this pristine existence that is crumbling around her as well Um, And then then you've got the grandmother who's very much this representative of the old world and of the tradition of Krampus and is kind of the one who's saying like, you know, I'm the one who's brought Krampus into our lives to begin with. Uh, And it's also very much about the powerfulness of holidays. So in, in terms of like referencing trick or treat, right? So much of trick or treat is about respecting Halloween. You, you know, do not fuck with, don't fuck with tradition, basically. Don't, 
Um, don't disrespect the rules. Don't don't try to change the rules. Um, don't try to use this for your own gain or anything like that. Cause Sammy's going to get you, you know? Um, and it's, it's similar in Krampus where it's like, you need to respect not just the traditions that are formed by your own family or, or the current culture, but all of the traditions stretching all the way back into Germany. And even before that, because that's what Krampus very much represents. It's the old, it's the old ways kind of thing. It's very folk horror. Um, and and so I, I think that this film is kind of an expansion of that in a certain sense, that we have to not just respect, you know, the superficial stuff when it comes to Christmas, but the really deep, dark I think undercurrent the, of all of I it. love the grandma. I think she's the MVP of the film. And I think when she is telling the story of Krampus and the animation used uh, to tell that story is like unbelievable. It's one of the things that I love most about the film is just the execution of that scene in particular, where it almost looks like paper dolls cut out um, to like tell that story. I think it's mm -hmm. beautifully done. I had forgotten that that was animated. I've seen this a couple of times. I had completely forgotten that was animated. And when I was watching it again, I was just so mesmerized by the art artistry of it. It's really a beautiful sequence. I think it gets kind of like pushed it's, away because there's so much happening in the movie in and of itself. You have these crazy Christmas characters attacked. It's just crazy. So you kind of forget that like the whole point of that movie is literally telling you in that animation of what's like happening. I just think it's incredible. Mm -hmm. yeah. it's, it's a little film in itself. I mean, you can just excerpt that and just watch that and you've got a really excellent short film. Yeah. And, and it does, you know, again, it's, it's that reaching back into it's her recent, more recent past, right? So it's her past, but it's further back for the family. And then that in itself is reaching back even further into the traditions of the Krampus, et cetera, who is a real, you know, mythological tradition. Um, and is very much, you know, I think I think that a number of places in Germany still celebrate like Krampusnacht and things like that. I think so. I know it's big. They have them out here in L.A. I would assume they have something that they celebrate in New York. I, I'm that. certain that they do. <laughs> yeah, I haven't. I haven't. Yeah, they have I haven't to. stayed in New York City for Christmas in a very long time, so I do not know. Oh, that's fair. <laughs> um, so, so let's. Before we move, let's talk a little bit about the ending because the ending really, I still don't know how I feel about it, to be totally honest. And I feel like it's true. It can't end with like, oh, and everything was great and they had a lovely Christmas. It can't, it can't end like that. Um, and it can't end with they all died. Yeah, either. so <laughs> you've got this, this sequence where Max confronts Krampus. Like he's the sole survivor at this point. And, you know, says, I take it all back. I just want, you know, take me and then the Krampus is like no <laughs> and then and he says like you know I just want my family back I know that you can fix this and part of it is that Krampus is very much like that's not what I do like that's not who the Krampus is and uh it's not about like appealing to his better nature there is no better nature um but then so you get like him kind of falling into hell or the pit or wherever and then he wakes up and it's this wonderful, oh, it's this beautiful Christmas morning with the snow and his family and everyone's happy. And then he gets the, the bell um, and things begin turning again. And you can feel like the mood shifting and everybody beginning, like you say, beginning to remember, seeming to remember what happened. 
Um, and then it all pulls back to find out that they're trapped in this snow globe in Krampus's home, hovel, place in hell, wherever the hell Krampus lives. Um, but so it's it's just a slightly unsatisfying ending to me, and I don't know why. So I want to know what you guys think of the ending. So Karen, Karen, why don't we start with you? What do you think of this ending? Do you have any thoughts of it? So I think. Yeah, well, what I think is interesting is I think there's a couple of different interpretations that are possible with what's actually happening there. Um, there's one where it's, you, yeah, you can think, oh, none of it actually got fixed. They just get to think that everything's okay and kind of live out their lives in a snow globe. Or is it that the snow globe is really not them being physically in that, but it's really a window for Krampus to keep watch and make sure that that um, Max fulfills what, you know, what he promised it's it's i don't know i i and personally for that view of it i'm like i kind of like that interpretation i feel like it is kind of a satisfying ending i think that's fair i think sorry yeah go on Shin. i think it could be oh it could be a few things i look at it as kind of a purgatory they're neither dead nor existing in the real world it's kind of like and I don't know what that means. I don't know what it means to be in Christmas purgatory. I don't, you know, <laughs> maybe it's something that similar to what you said, Karen, of like, he's looking at them through, you know, the window of the snow globe. I also look at it as like, maybe it was like a trauma dream. Like, how do we know that this all actually happened in the bells signif signifying, like, remember what could happen if shit were mm -hmm. to go sideways um but i think it's more of like a purgatory they're trapped in this kind of existence and i don't think it's bad and i don't think it's good it's just this is where they have found themselves and well in some ways it's fulfilling max's wish which was i want christmas to be perfect like it used to be yeah. and and you know the one another interpretation is that they're gonna relive christmas as it used to be perfectly forever and ever and ever and ever that forever. that's they're just going to be stuck in that space together and so it's going to be this consistent loop um there is an implication early in the film when you know krampus actually arrives that everybody else has vanished like the houses are empty there's snow everywhere they can't seem to get anything started they can't drive anywhere they can't like get out so there is almost the sense that they're already trapped in that snow globe and um, everything that they're going through is just basically like, okay, we're going to fulfill the wish that you made when you tore up the letter. And we're also going to fulfill the wish that you made in the letter. And this is what it is. So here you go. You got everything you wanted. Aren't you happy about yeah. it? You know? I don't know if I were stuck in perpetual wintry December, I, that wouldn't be purgatory for me. That would just be straight up hell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, Christmas yep. morning, stuck in Christmas morning forever and ever and ever and ever. <laughs> Over and uh, over and over. Which and over. could be worse, but it could be a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a really interesting film. You know, I think it wobbles in places, but it is so much fun in so many different ways and so very clever. Like it, it is like I remember when I saw it for the first time, I was just like, this is this is fun. And it was this reaction of like, this is really mean, but I really enjoy that as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. It'll never be up to the same standard trick or treat, but <laughs> I, I, I mean, I will say if I make a choice between the two films, I think trick or treat is the better film, but um, I also just like Halloween a lot, so yeah, 
same. <laughs> so any final thoughts on Krampus before we go on? I mean, it's just, if you haven't seen it, like, I don't know what you're waiting for. Yeah. Watch it. It's also it on, on Peacock. Peacock. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I think all of these films are streamable. Yes. Uh, I believe so. Yeah. So the final film they want to talk about is kind of, kind of slightly different, different thing, but very much Christmas magic, very much Santa Claus. It's a little less horror. Yeah. It's more action, but there's definitely a lot of supernatural shit going on as well. So I just, I fucking love this movie so much. Uh, it's so good. So, so let's talk about Violent Night. Uh, and this is a film from 2022 starring um, David Harbour. David Harbour. David Harbour. Santa Claus is the best Santa Claus. Like just hands uh, down. Yeah. <laughs> there is no better Santa Claus than David Harbour. Uh, but it also stars um, John Leguizamo, Beverly D'Angelo, um a, a number of of different people most a lot of these people are character actors as well like uh i recognize them from things without necessarily knowing their names um and it's about santa who has been having a bit of a rough time because he's been doing this for 1100 years and uh he feels like you know this things are just falling apart and no one has the christmas spirit anymore and he winds up in the house um, owned by the Lightstones, the Lightstone Compound, um, and is leaving presents and just happens to be there when the compound is taken over by John Leguizamo and his group of violent criminals who want the money that is in this compound and are going to hold the family hostage. And so Santa's is just like, well, I've got to protect this little girl who believes in me and thinks that I'm good. And so I'm just, Santa's just going to kick some ass. It is while drunk. While drunk. <laughs> uh, and, and eating cookies. One of my favorite parts is where he's just like, these are homemade. Like he's so happy. Just like, these are homemade cookies. I can't not help this girl. She made me cookies. Real cookies. Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a, it's a fucking fantastic film. Karen, I'm going to start with you. What do you think of Violent Night? Uh, I've already said that I love it. Uh, I mean, a movie that is basically Die Hard meets Home Alone with Santa thrown into the mix. Like, how can you hate that? It's wonderful. <laughs> it's it's just so much fun. It's really funny. Um, one of the things that I enjoy is just all the clever ways that Santa, like, kills people with Christmas stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, really, uh, really clever and, and oh, painful. Um, but... I think what I what I really like about it, too, is this idea, you know, we talk about, you know, we we're just talking about Krampus and how that's, you know, people when people have kind of lost the Christmas spirit and have rejected it in a lot of ways. But in um, and so so that's when Krampus gets to have his day. But what I like about Violent Night is how you really see the toll that people's unbelief or or loss of belief in christmas and in the magic of christmas and in santa claus like that's made santa claus really depressed <laughs> he's he's drunk because he's depressed because not because people don't believe in him anymore but because they don't believe in the magic that he knows is real that he's been using for 1100 years that he basically took on this mantle to make up for his sins of his past and the guilt that he feels for the life that he had before and um, but he has this opportunity to just go batshit on some bad guys <laughs> and embrace that like inner violent guy that he is inside 
Um, but in a way that is cathartic and just. I love uh, it. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I love it. No, sorry. Oh, go I, I was gonna say it's so good. It's so good. Go on, go on, Shannon. What do you think? <laughs> I mean, I love this just because he's such a fucking mess. Like everything he does, he's just a fucking mess. Like mm-hmm. accidentally using something to kill somebody that he wasn't didn't even know that he was going to use. You know, he's just stumbling around. And I love that. I love that he's just this mess of a Santa. It kind of reminds, granted, he's Santa, but like, I love the movie Bad Santa, where he's just, mm-hmm. you know, Billy Bob Thornton, just an absolute disaster of a human being trying to be <laughs> like Santa Claus. And now we have like Santa Claus being a disaster of himself as Santa Claus. And I just love it. I love like when he has to like fight people, he's just like, oh my god like i just like i feel i feel his like i just don't want to do this but i'm gonna do it because i'm gonna help this girl but like i just don't want to do it and i i don't know i just really love that i also really love the characters especially um and i'm gonna pron- pronounce his name wrong but cam Chigande. yeah that's it just the ridiculous nature of his character and his wife, I just thought were hysterical. I mean, I love John Leguizamo. Like, how can you not love John Leguizamo? Um, but I just thought the characters, uh, Beverly D'Angelo, they're all just, you know, her being on National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation and then having her in Violent Night, I thought was just amazing. So everything about the violence, the gore, like, it's just so much fun. <laughs> Having Beverly D'Angelo be basically the exact opposite of Ellen <laughs> Crystal. True, yeah. So I, was great. To, I was supposed to interview her and unfortunately it ended up falling through, but I was like terrified. I was like, I don't know what she's going to be like. <laughs> yeah. I also love Edie Patterson basically playing her Righteous Gemstones character, yes. but it's, it's, oh it works. God. It's so funny. <laughs> so good, man. So good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, um, one of the things I really like, so yeah, Santa, Santa's a mess, right? But he is a very skilled killer. Yeah. <laughs> and and one of the things that I really like is is the whole relationship that develops between him and Trudy and, you know, him kind of being like, you know, I, I listen to you. I remember the things that I brought you. Like he remembers the gifts that he gave to everybody, right? And it's just like, you know, how did you, how did this happen to you, basically? Um, but but that that relationship and then finally her being the one to encourage him to be like you know maybe you need to be the man that you used to be in order to help us and that is like what finally triggers him and he you know gets the hammer and he just starts going to town on those guys and it is it's hilarious and it's bloody and it's violent but it is just this the satisfaction of just like yes santa's santa's pissed santa's gonna kick some ass and and all of it is because you're endangering this little girl it's not even really he cares deeply about the family. He cares about the family because he cares about her. Um, and particularly about her parents who are trying to be good people. Uh, and and it, it is, it's just very, very satisfying to watch this, like this, the whole kind of cliche of the belief of a small child in you, but it turns into like this rampant killing spree um, of all of these bad guys. And they the, the film does a very good job of making the bad guys bad enough that you don't feel particularly upset about like Santa chopping off their heads with an ice skate or, you know, bashing them in with um, 
with, with a sledgehammer or the, the my favorite is the star through yes. the eye and then the, and then plugging it and just like electrocuting the guy with the star is like that is fucked up why is that funny that should not be as entertaining as it is i should be upset by that and i'm not <laughs> it's so true so I think true. there was a scene where wasn't i'm just blinking they're going up the attic and does he step on a nail or am i confusing that with so he she yeah. plants the nail in the in the stair or in the steps but and he sees it he's like oh yeah you're gonna have to try harder than that but she had another trap that she had set so yes. that he ends up sticking it through his chin when he falls. that's what i love yes i was like i know there's a nail scene that i'm just blinking on yeah. i love i hate those like when you see some a nail go on somebody's foot or whatever so i was like oh, yeah. or the throat whatever <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's, you know, you mentioned Home Alone, uh, Karen. That's, you know, that's what she's, she's explicitly using it. She yeah. says like, oh, it's like in Home Alone. I know what to do. Um, and, and it's- Home Alone's it's a documentary. More, it's much more violent <laughs> than Home Alone. But it is, it's also that cleverness, just like, oh, he's so stupid with the nail. And she's sawn through one of the stairs, which he misses and winds up getting the nail through his head. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's just, it's a very clever film. And- it is like weirdly uplifting because yep. you watch Santa go through all of this and then like their belief saves him and brings him back. And then he's like, I got presents. I got to deliver and He gets on his sled. He goes off. It's, it's very like funny and violent, but incredibly like satisfying again at the ending where it doesn't puncture the joy of the holidays. It just kind kind of gives it another layer, I guess. Yeah. And I think I love- Please. <laughs> <laughs> and I think having David Harbour as Santa really helps because you look yeah. at David mm-hmm. Harbour, especially if you're a fran- fan of Stranger Things and knowing how he is on that show, it's very easy to be like, oh yeah, I support this Santa. Like I know that gruff, like, you know, uh, lovable grump. Yeah. Lovable grump. Um, and you're like, yeah, I want to fight for him. Like, yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah, Yeah. and I really love the relationship between him and Trudy Mm -hmm. and how so much of it relies on them trusting each other, too. He doesn't he doesn't just tell her, like, no, you just go stay hidden. I will just take care of all of this. He lets her um, set her traps and things and she's encouraging him. It's it's such a sweet relationship based on belief, not just that not just that santa is real but believing in santa as a person and him believing in trudy as a person as well that's capable of of you know helping herself too agreed yes it, it is just such a clever film i i will say and of course we always say spoiler alerts but john leguizamo's death in this movie <laughs> so is good. so brutal so good. like and he you know, I mean, it's like, I, I'm not going to be sad about it, but it's shockingly violent. So like, <laughs> even this, uh, like, it's so unexpected, it too. Yeah. That's the thing, rewatching it this, I use Christmas magic to, like, break this guy's body and behead. Like, it's truly shocking. It really is. And I'd forgotten about it. Like, the when I rewatched it this time, I was just like, shit, I forgot that's how he dies. Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ film. Like, man. But, you know, justice for that guard at the shack, you know, it's like that alone was worth him dying that way. (laughs) It's it's horrible. He's he's I I do like the fact Liguizamo is having a great time in this movie. Like Mm -hmm. he's obviously enjoying himself so much. I do like the fact that there's, 
know, that undercurrent of like, why aren't you more involved in people's lives? You know, why don't you do something about this? Because my family didn't get shit and this family has everything. Um, and of course, and the argument is, well, that's not really what Santa's about, but it, it gives him a little bit of depth while at the same time, never undercutting the fact that this is just a bad guy and yeah. he is the bad guy and he's mistreating. And, and again, particularly it's that violence, particularly against the child and against her family who are trying to be good people as much as they can be. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's good. It balances things out really well, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. Lots of people have sucky childhoods and bad Christmases, but they don't grow up to take rich people hostage and murder. <laughs> no. Murder no, the caterers. <laughs> murder the caterers. Murdering everybody. Like, it's horrible. <laughs> oh, you can't have a Christmas without a good murder. <laughs> so, any, any final thoughts on any of these films? Any, like, final things to say about them as we wrap things up? I think everybody should check them out. I, th- I believe all three are streaming on Peacock if you have that. Violent um, Night, I saw on Prime Video. Okay, Prime Video. Yeah. I think some of this, I think Rare Exports was on Tubi as well. Mm-hmm. So I think, uh, especially Rare Exports, you know, I hope everybody checks that out because it's so unique to what's already out there. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Totally agree with that. Yeah. Um, yeah, Rare Exports and uh, Krampus are on Peacock and Violent Night is on Prime. I think that's the only place that Violent Night is right now. It used to be on Peacock. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but all but, of them, very worth checking out. Yeah, they're all great, uh, great counter programming if you're tired of It's a Wonderful Life and Home Alone and Elf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm more horrified by It's a Wonderful Life in some ways than I am by any of these. <laughs> that like i know karen you love it it's just it bothers me in so many different ways if you don't want to deal with the real horrors of life Mm -hmm. it's a wonderful (laughs) life enjoy the fake horrors (laughs) of krampus and a killer santa and naked elves from the elf So I think I think that's going to close us out for this episode. Shannon, thank you so much for thank joining us. Thank you so us. much. I, I had a blast. This was, I could talk about horror and Christmas all day long. So thank you. <laughs> I think we could probably do individual episodes on each of these films. They're oh, like yeah. that. They're that much fun and that rich. And, and there's so many interesting things to do with them. Um, as, as always, uh, we want to thank our lovely patrons who continue to support us. And these include Ali, Brian, Connor, Estefania, Heather, James, Judy, Karen, Cariata, Lauren, Matt, Michelle, Monty, Nanina, Robert, Robert, Steve, Sharon, and Pow. Thank you so much for continuing to support us, you guys. Um, we should have like some, some bonus content coming at you pretty soon. If you would like to join their number, we are on Patreon at patreon.com slash citizendame. We also do have our Zazzle store. And we're going to add some buttons, apparently, uh, which I think we definitely should. And that's uh, zazzle.com slash citizen dame pod. And we do have a Ko-Fi account, ko-fi.com slash citizen dame. Of course, you should go to our website and read our various editorials and reviews and other things that will be coming in the new year. Looking forward to it. Our website is citizendamepod.com. And you can also get in touch with us a multitude of ways. You can email us at citizendamepod at gmail.com. And we are also on 
some of the socials most of the time definitely on on blue sky and instagram at citizen dame pod and we are on letterbox at citizen dame where you can listen to our episodes as well as reading our articles and seeing all of our many many lists that include the films that we just talked about today so uh, excuse me so shannon where can people get in touch with you or find you on the various socials where i don't even know where i can get in touch with myself no i'm just kidding <laughs> Um, you can find me on Instagram at horror design chick. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Shannon underscore McGrew. I'm on, I'm on the threads and the blue sky under either one of those names. Um, but you can mostly find me on Instagram, uh, tweeting very hot take opinions or on Twitter where I'm more low key at the moment because Twitter's a fucking Twitter <laughs> dumpster, dumpster fire in the inner circle of hell. But I'm there sometimes. Um, but yeah, you can find me on uh, Instagram, Twitter, Blue Sky, Threads, the whole nine yards. All right, and you can find me on the various socials at LH Business. And Karen, where are you? I am on all the places, especially Instagram and Letterboxd. Those are kind of my preferences right now. At Karen M. Peterson. And that will close us out for this week. Thank y'all for listening. Bye. Thank you. Down in the workshop, all the elves are making toys for the good Gentile girls and the good Gentile boys. When the boss busted in, nearly scared him half to death. Had a rifle in his hands and cheap whiskey on his breath. From his beard to his boots, he was covered with ammo. Like a big fat drunk disgruntled yuletide ramble And he smiled as he said with a twinkle in his eye Merry Christmas to all, now you're all gonna die